You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Morning. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. Um, I was just thinking this morning, because it was Father's Day, I was just thinking how thankful I was that, you know, God gave me the opportunity to grow up in this church with the father that I had, but, you know, not even the father that I had, but all the other wonderful, godly men and examples that I've had to follow my whole life growing up that would just have plowed the path for me and shown me, you know, the right way. And I'm just so thankful for all the good testimonies of the fathers in our church. We've been so blessed with some great, great fathers. All right, we are going to continue our lessons on becoming the leader that God wants us to be. Becoming the leaders that God wants us to be. So let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again, Lord, for this day that we can come and open up your word, Lord, and just thank you for every person that is here today. We are missing a lot of folks because it is that time of year, Lord, for vacation and Father's Day, Lord, and I just pray that, Lord, you would be with them while they are not here, Lord, wherever they are, Father, that you would just be with them, give all the fathers a wonderful Father's Day, and just thank you for everyone that has come into your house, Lord. I pray that you'll help us to receive a special blessing. Pray that you'll be with the words that I speak today, Lord, that they would only be the words that you would have me to say and that you would just fill us all with the knowledge of your word and just help it to, Lord, penetrate into our hearts enough that it would change our actions. And we just say, ask this in your precious, most holy name. Amen. All right, let's do a little bit of review. So last week, we gave a definition on what a leader is. And I believe the best definition of a leader is a, a leader is anyone who has power or influence over another person. Anybody who has power or influence over another person. Not all of us have power to control other people. A lot of us have been put in positions where we have power to control other people, and yes, those are big-time leadership positions. But whether you've been given that power or not, every one of us have been given the power to be an example to other people. Leading people to Christ just doesn't involve giving them the gospel. It involves living the gospel out in our everyday life and being an example to the world. So us as leaders, it is every one of our responsibilities through the way that we conduct our own lives to be pushing others towards Christ, right? To be leading others towards Christ, not just through the gospel, but through the way that we live our lives. Our opening verse, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, but be thou an example of the believers. Every one of us is to be leading by that example, the example of a believers. Are you in your life being the example of a believer that God wants you to be? That is every one of our leadership positions. That is every one of our calls. Are we doing that? 
We looked at that last week. We also look at, looked at what hinders us from becoming the leaders that God wants us to be. And I told you by a man by the name of Dr. Robert J. Clinton. He's a professor at Fuller Seminary. He's been doing, he's been there for well over 30 years and has been writing books and articles and essays on the topic of Christian leadership. And through all of his years of experience and seeing all these different people and the struggles that they've had and what has hindered them from becoming the leaders God wants them to be, he narrowed it down to six areas that he saw affected people negatively and were stumbling blocks more than any other areas. Now, obviously, it's not the exact same for everybody, but in his opinion of what he's seen in his 30-plus years of experience, he narrowed it down to six different stumbling blocks. And we looked at those last week. That was the stumbling block of finance finances, the stumbling block of power or control over our own lives, the stumbling block of pride, the stumbling block of sexual temptation, the stumbling block of family issues or family problems, and the stumbling block of loss of spiritual momentum. These were the six things that he said he has seen leaders fail in their leadership positions because they have allowed these six things to stumble them. Or he has seen people not be able to rise to the level in their leadership that they could arrive to because they've allowed these things to hinder them. They have allowed themselves to become the leaders God wanted them to be. Okay? So today, we're going we're gonna to start looking at, I kind of subtitled this lesson today, Fundamental Principles for Lasting Success. Fundamental Principles for Lasting Success. The reason that we often fail at becoming the leaders God wants us to be isn't because we fail to have, we fail to understand some deep theological truth of Scripture. It's not because one or two verses or whatever in the Scripture, we misinterpret them a little bit, okay? That's not the reason that we fail at becoming the leaders God wants us to be. No. Most of the time, we fail to become the leaders God wants us to be because we neglect the simple, basic principles that God lays out for us in his word. The simple, basic principles. We could attend every seminar, read every book, listen to every message, or podcasts. Those are so popular today. A lot of good podcasts out there, Christian podcasts. Listen to every podcast. We could wrap ourselves and consume ourselves in all these teachings, but Ultimately, our success or failure as leaders will hinge on our ability to perform these basic spiritual principles in our life. Many of us have failed at this in our lives. There may be even some here today. I mean, obviously, we have a smaller group here today than normal, but there's still quite a few people here today. And there's a good chance that somebody here today is just feeling defeated in their Christian life. We are just feeling overcome and completely defeated. Well, the good news for that is no matter how defeated we are feeling right now, no matter what decisions or mistakes that we have made in our past, God always offers us redemption from that. Philippians 3, 13 to 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. No matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter how old or how young you are, we all have a mark that God has given us to hit, right? We all have that mark to hit. We all have a prize to obtain. 
every one of us, no matter where we are in life. God's calling for each of us is always a threefold calling. First, the first stage of our calling is God calls all men to what? Salvation. That is our very first calling from God. He calls us to salvation. John 12, 32 says, And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Isn't that an awesome verse? He will draw all men unto him. Don't say salvation isn't available to all. The second stage is God calls all Christians to complete dedication or surrender. Both of these two are, some, are the exact same for every person. God calls all men to salvation. He calls all men to complete dedication and surrender. 2 Corinthians 5.15. And that he died for all, there it is again, and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, which we are guilty of doing so often, should not live unto themselves. We're not here to please ourselves but unto him which died for them and rose again. God calls each one of us to full surrender to Jesus Christ, right? To take up our cross daily, right? Not once a month, not once a year, not here and there, not just when people are looking. We're pretty good at that. Not just when people are looking, but daily. Take up our cross daily and follow him. And then the third stage of God's calling on all of our lives is God's specific calling for our lives, his specific calling. And that's a little bit different for every one of us. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who hath saved us, Jesus Christ, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That whole, God has placed a holy calling on every single one of our lives. And that holy calling involves all three steps of God's calling. It involves salvation, complete dedication, and God's specific will for our lives. Every one of us have a plan that God has specially crafted for us. And we know that because not every one of us are called to preach. Not every one of us are called to work in a shop. Not every one of us are called to be married, right? Not everyone's called to be married. Now, <laughs> get, get, get a bunch of young girls to believe that one, but <laughs> not everyone is called to be married. God has a specific plan for your life, and it's a little bit different for everybody. Okay, so we need to be aware of that. If we want to be profitable in all things for the Lord— if we want to fulfill God's holy calling upon our life, if we want to be successful leaders at whatever position God has placed us in, we have to get back to the basic principles of God's word, performing these basics in our life. So I have four points today, four main points, and the first one is getting back to the basics. Now, just because we say that these things are basic doesn't mean that they're always basic to do. They're basic to understand but it doesn't mean they're always basic to do. And we can see that played out in all of our lives. I believe the Bible teaches that three of the most basic yet fundamental principles for success as a leader are these. Bible reading, memorization, and meditation. Prayer. We all know those two. I'm sure we all expected to hear those two. But this third one, I believe goes right along with this list that we don't hear taught on near as much, and that is fasting. 
Bible reading, study, memorization, meditation, prayer, and fasting. We all hear a lot about prayer. We all hear a lot about reading God's word, but we don't hear a lot about fasting. And I believe this is an extremely powerful yet neglected spiritual practice in almost every single Christian's life. And it's a shame. It's the same for me. I hardly ever fast. We should be fasting often, and I hardly, I hardly ever fast, which is really too bad when, it, when, it, when it's concerning me because I have personally in my life seen God do some amazing things, things through the time that I have fasted. I have seen him bring me into a position spiritually that I've never been in before. I was never closer to God than when I took time to fast and pray about whether Julia was God's will for my life. I was encouraged to do that by my father and my mother, and I took time to fast and pray whether Julia was God's will for my life. And that was years ago, but during that time, I had never felt so close to God as I did during that time of fasting and prayer. Never felt so close to the Lord. Fasting is a spiritual practice that was done by many godly men throughout the scripture, including Jesus Christ, right? Fasting is done for the purpose of connecting to our Heavenly Father in a deeper, more spiritual way, proving to him and ourselves the seriousness of our request. It is humbling ourselves in the sight of God as we acknowledge through our hunger and our own vulnerability, through our weakness of being hungry, that we are weak as humans. We are weak. I believe James 4, 8 through 10 is a perfect description of what our attitude should be when we fast. And it says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Let your joy be turned to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Fasting isn't supposed to be a joyful, happy, rainbows and butterflies time. It is a sobering time between us and God. It is a time for us to become broken before God about our own sin and depravity. It is a time where we realize we are completely incapable of producing results without his intervention. Fasting is looking to God to sustain us through our weakness because what did Paul say, 2 Corinthians 12 then? When I am weak, then, I'm, then I am strong. When I am weak, then Christ can come underneath me and lift me up. We have to become weak before Christ can lift us up and make us strong. In order to see God's strength revealed, we have to first realize how weak we are and incapable we are of producing any change in any part of our life or someone else's. We have to rely on the mercy and grace of God. I believe fasting is a way by which God has given us the ability to show our complete desperation before him. As we are overwhelming, as our overwhelming desire is for a supernatural intervention on our behalf or someone else. It is the way by which we can calibrate our hearts to have a single focus because there are things every day that are, that are starving for our attention and our hearts being pulled in all these different directions. But when we're fasting and prayer through that constant reminder and through those constant 
those constant hunger that you feel and those pains, it helps you to stay singly focused on a specific matter. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So fasting allows us to have a singly focused heart on a specific matter. And God says when we do that, he will hear us. When we fast, it is to be a very personal time between us and the Lord as much as possible. And we are not to let others know or see that we are fasting. Matthew 6 17 through 18 says, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy heavenly Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Isaiah 58, 1 through 9 is a wonderful passage of scripture on fasting. And I encourage all of you to go home and study that passage of scripture. It's so good. It talks about um, it talks about fasting and what it is and what the Lord will do for us through fasting. Obviously, we don't, we don't have time to go into that today, but it's a, I encourage all of you to get into that and study it. It's an awesome passage of Scripture. If we really want to see God do the impossible in our lives, we have to be willing to not just read our Bible, not just pray, but have to be willing to implement that basic spiritual principle of fasting. It's hard, Okay. It's very hard to do that. One, because the thing that matters to us almost more than anything else is food. So having to give that up is a very hard thing. And I believe this is why so many people don't do it. One, because it's so hard. And two, because Satan knows, doesn't he? Satan knows the power that you are given access to through your commitment to fast and pray to God. So he does all he can to drive us away from that and to keep us from ever doing that. Don't let that be the case. We all need to get better at that. When it comes to the basics, fasting, there's, and, there's, and there's more. These are just, I believe these are foundational ones that the Lord gave me to, to talk on. But when it comes to the basics, you know, there's a lot of them, but Christians are guilty of allowing themselves, myself included, we are guilty of allowing ourselves to become superficial, shallow, Okay, we are allowing these areas of our life. We are allowing these areas of our life to become superficial, shallow, and non-penetrating, which means they're just on the surface, right? We're not allowing them to sink deep into our hearts. We are often tempted to, tempted to approach our Bible reading and prayer with the mindset of, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to. I can't tell you how many times that I've done that myself. We've all done that. And you know, if, if you feel that way, that doesn't mean that you just shouldn't read your Bible, right? That's wrong. Because God has a way, if you still read your Bible, even if you don't feel like it, God has a way of changing your heart through that thing, doesn't he? And he has a way of taking that, I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to, and turning it around and doing it because you want to. And that's the position we all want it, We all want to get into. But we are all tempted to think that in our lives. When are we going to stop approaching the basic principles with the un... When are we going to stop approaching these basic principles with that mindset and start understanding that, listen, these things have the ability to completely and totally transform our lives. These things have the ability to allow us and make us into a person that could never otherwise be possible. When Christ is working through us and Christ is controlling us, anything is possible with him. So 
often he's not, so we are very limited to what we can do because a lot of times we may give Christ some control, so he's helping us a little bit, but then we get in the way and we keep him from really pushing us to heights and limits that we never thought possible. And that's where a lot of us are, but we need to just let ourselves go and allow Christ to take full control. Compared to every other point that I talked about last week, this week, and next week, this is definitely the most important of them all. And I know that we are tempted to think, because we've heard this so much, we are tempted to, when something comes up like this, when somebody starts talking about, oh, you need to read your Bible more, you need to pray more, we go, yeah, 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 I've heard that my entire life. I've been taught that ever since I've been a little, a little child in Sunday school. I know I'm supposed to read my Bible and pray more. You know, we have a tendency just to turn down the dial when somebody's talking about something like that until they get to a point that we haven't heard a million times, and then we turn it back up and we start listening again, okay? That shows the condition of our true heart. And I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself, because literally these points I'm just putting on here how I've, I have felt in the past myself personally. But I know that if I felt this way, others have had to feel this way as well. You know, the things that we've heard a million times, we tend to just tune out. Like, yeah, yeah, I heard that. I know that. I'll wait till I hear something that I haven't heard a million times. And then once that comes back up, then we'll tune back in maybe to, 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 to keep listening. Well, you know, there's a, there, was a, there was an individual who left our church a couple years ago. And when asked why they left our church, they said, I feel like I have learned all that I can learn from here. Well, in any case, that's not true. But second of all, and I think more importantly, what happened to that person is they got to a point in their life where they were deceived into thinking that because they had the knowledge up here that somehow it had penetrated down here. And just because we've heard this a million times, guys, doesn't mean that it's in our heart. We've got to get it from here to here. I pray that God protects all of us from misinterpreting the knowledge of something in our mind for the knowledge of something in our heart. So coming back to the basics. It's about time we start planning the rest of our day around our time with the Lord and not our time with the Lord around the rest of our day, which we all do. Oh, boy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, boy. All right, let's just block that out. <laughs> let's resume. <laughs> there is no way and no how we can expect God to bless us in the leadership positions that we've put him in, that, that he's put us in, unless we quickly make these basic principles first place in our lives. We've all heard the saying, a little dab will do ya. Have you guys all heard that? A little dab will do ya, Right? That's, listen, that's not the case with our spiritual life. A little dab will not do you. If you invest little, your return will be little. If you invest much, your return will be much. In Genesis 32, 24 through 32, Jacob passionately pursues the blessing of God as he wrestles with him through his pain and exhaustion all night long. And as the day begins, begins to break, God says, let me go. And Jacob says what? No. I will not let you go until you bless me. What if we had that same kind of passion and dedication to the Lord in our prayer life? Imagine 
where we could go. Imagine what we could do. Imagine what we could see God do in other people's lives. In the same way, we'll never constantly live in victory by just memorizing a few key Bible verses. We must constantly take time to saturate ourselves in the presence of God and his word. His word must must be written on the table of our hearts, and we must be committed to applying it in our life. J. Vernon McGee said, We must put the word of God into shoe leather, walking it out in every aspect of life. Where did he get that from? Ephesians 6.15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If we take a look at the early apostles in the New Testament, we see clearly that they were able to turn the world upside down for Christ, right? I believe Acts 6.4 tells us why. Acts 6.4 says, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The basics. They were focused on the basics. They understood that unless it was through prayer and saturation of God's word, they were going to accomplish nothing. And that's what they put their focus on. I believe if we focus ourselves the same way as they did today, that we will see similar results in our world. We're just not willing to get as focused as they were focused. The church today is blessed. We are, especially in this church. We are blessed with great leaders, great teachers. God has really, really blessed us, and we're so thankful for that. But we're not going to see a change in this world until the leaders move from up here to where you guys are sitting. Every one of you have to be a leader. Every one of you have to be willing to take a stand. It's not going to work if it's just the guys in the pulpit. It has to be the people in the pews. It has to be all of us. We need men and women who are willing to spend time in the presence of God. Men and women who are filled with the Holy Spirit and prepared to communicate God's message to this desperate world. And is not our world so desperate? I was, I was, I didn't read the whole thing, but I read part of an article that CNN produced this week. The most liberal news station out there. That CNN produced this week in, the, um, in honor of, of Father's Day. And this is what it's called. It's called, He gave birth, he breastfed, and now he wants his son to see him as a man. And I'm sure you can assume what that is. It was a woman who was in the process of going through a sex change and decided that she wanted to have a child, so she put it on hold until she was able to have a child and breastfeed her child. And then she, after that was completed, after she conceived and breastfed her child, then she continued on with her sex change. And now she is still a woman in God's eyes, but if you were to look at her from the world's eyes, she looks completely like a man. How desperate is our world? How desperate are people for 
the knowledge of the Lord. We've got to be more verbal, guys. We've got to stand up and say something. This is happening all around us, and it's just, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And we know that it's going to get worse because God said in the last days it will get worse. And obviously we believe that we are in the last days. But we can't just take a back seat and be like, we're in the last days. It's going to get worse. Oh, well, we'll just sit here and watch it happen. No. God has given every one, of, every one of us a responsibility to still stand up for the truth. We've got to stand up for the truth in this desperate world. And if we want to do that, if we really want to have the power of God to stand up for the truth, we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to these basics in our life. This will never happen. We will never be able to reach the world for Christ. We will never be able to love the Lord like we're supposed to and others. That's what, it, that's what it is. We have to learn the, the first and second greatest commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And love others as you love yourself. We've got to get those two down. A lot of times we're tempted, myself included, to look at people in the world and the disgusting, nasty things they're doing and just be like, ew, go away. We shove our hand in their face and be like, I want nothing to do with that. But that's not how God wants us to be, guys. God wants us to still love them and share the love of God with them. Share them the error of their way, but still be loving and share the love of God with them. Number two, we must strive to have lasting success. Strive to have lasting success. As every one of us have been given the responsibility to be leaders in some capacity or another, we shouldn't just strive to have success in our leadership roles. We should strive to have lasting success. I think of Hebrews chapter 11, right? The hall of faith. Those men didn't just have success as leaders. Those men are still being an example and a testimony to us here today, now, all these years later. That is lasting success. That is what we want our lives to do. Not just have success here, but the decisions that we make and the impact that we have to penetrate on into future generations. We all should strive to leave behind a legacy and example for others to follow. After all, none of us know how long God has given us on this earth, do we? None of us know. We should be living each day as if it was our very last day. And if today was your very last day and you died today and we had your funeral here at this church, what would people say about you? What would people think about you? More honestly, right? What would people think about you? Because a lot of times at funerals, we try to, for the people that aren't so likable, they try to scrape the bottom of the barrel to come up with good things to say about them. So even more honestly, what would people think about your life? Not just say about your life. But what would people think about your life? I think of a football game when it relates to this. And there could be a team that is just doing awesome, right? We've all seen this. It's happened tons of times. A team that is just doing awesome. They are crushing the other team in the first quarter, crushing the other team in the second quarter, third quarter, nothing different. Crushing the team in the third quarter, just doing awesome. But in the fourth quarter, they lose it. 
they lose their bearings. They absolutely, whatever happens, they lose their bearings and they just absolutely fall apart. And the, over team, the other team overcomes them and just barely wins. Okay? What are people going to remember the most about that game? Are they going to remember that you played really good for the three, first three quarters? Or are they going to remember that you super bombed it in the fourth quarter? They're going to remember that you super screwed up and bombed it in the fourth quarter because we're very pessimistic people, in case you haven't realized. And we tend to always remember the negative things that people do instead of the good things that people do. So with that being the case, we have to make sure that we are above reproach in our life. Okay? So if today was your last day, what would people remember about your life? What would they think about your life? Would you have lasting success through the things that you have done for the Lord. Number three, we must align our purposes with God's. We must align our purposes with God's. How many of you have ever been to the chiropractor? Raise your hand if you've ever been to the chiropractor. Yeah, that's, 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 that's most of us, 80%. 80% of us have been to the chiropractors, okay? Um, one of the most common things that a chiropractor does is he gives you adjustments, right? That's probably what he does more than anything else. You go to him and he gives you adjustments, which is another name, another name for that is alignments. He realigns your body. He puts everything back in the right place that it's supposed to be in because through different movements and moving around and a lot of times through straining ourselves by doing something, our, our bodies will get, out of, will get out of a line and they will be unaligned and we have to go to the chiropractor and he has to push here and pull there and push us all back into alignment, right? With just a couple of minor adjustments, the chiropractor can help our body get realigned, which causes us to feel and function at our best. Our body functions at its best when everything is aligned the way it's supposed to be, obviously. The same thing is true with our spiritual lives. When we are not perfectly aligned with God's purpose for our lives, we will start to see the repercussions of those misalignments. We will start to see them come out and show themselves through our thought life, through our actions, through our attitudes, and other different things. Depending on the severity of our misalignment, God has to bring anywhere from little to big things into our lives to redirect us back in line with his will. And that's where the pain and discomfort often comes from. When we are misaligned with God's will, he is constantly bringing little things, depending on the severity of the misalignment, he's constantly bringing little things or big things into our life, often chastisement, right? Into our life to try to redirect us to get us back in alignment with his will. So, in this same thought, what about the potholes that we have in Michigan? <laughs> we all know about them potholes. We've all lost a couple cars in them. But those potholes that we have in Michigan, those will cause our vehicle to go out of alignment, right? We've all had our vehicles go out of alignment. You'll know, when you're, you'll know your vehicle's out of alignment when you're driving down the road. And, you know, I'm not saying any of you should do this, but if you let go of your steering wheel, the car will go, whew! to the left or whoo, to the right, okay? So none of you test to see if your car's out of a line today because we might be in trouble, but you'll, you'll, you'll notice because you'll have to keep putting pressure on one way of the steering wheel. That's how you know your car is majorly out of alignment, okay? And that, that, that happens through the potholes that we drive over all over the place. I mean, you know, it's funny. I saw a picture 
not too long ago, and I'm sure, I'm sure others of you saw this, it was floating around on Facebook, of like a, built, a road that was built in Rome. Did any of you see that? A road that was built in Rome like 2,000 years ago. And I mean, this road was built out of brick in Rome, and it is perfect. It looks awesome. There's not a crack in this road, okay? And people travel it every single day. And it goes, made 2,000 years ago. And then it shows a picture <laughs> of a road in Michigan. It goes, made in 2017. And there's holes all over the road. There's holes all over the road. The whole thing's falling apart. So I thought that was funny, yeah. We definitely know what potholes are in Michigan, probably more than anybody else. But when we drive over those potholes and those bumps, they cause our vehicle to go out of line. We have all experienced this. Usually... When your alignment is off, your vehicle, car, does abnormal things that it's not designed to do. The same thing is true with our spiritual life. When we are misaligned from God's purpose for our life, it causes us to veer to the left or veer to the right and keeps us from staying straight on the, on the road and path that God has for us. What ha- and, 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 and what happens when we do that? When we veer to the left or we veer to the, veer to the right, what happens? We crash. We crash. Okay, and then we're, doing, then we're doing damage control. We're trying to rebound from all the damage that was caused from our crash. Well, let's make sure that we're staying aligned with God's purposes for our lives and staying on that straight and narrow path. That way, we don't have to worry about veering off to the left or the right or crashing and then having to try to rebound by doing damage control from all the problems that we have caused, right? You know, this being misaligned from God's purpose And the point of this whole thing is we want to stay aligned in God's purpose for our lives because that is the only way that we're going to be able to lead as God wants us to lead, to be the leaders that God wants us to be. You know, when we are misaligned with God, we are going to have the exact opposite effect on people that we want to have. We're going to cause them to go out of line. We're going to cause them to be misaligned and get out of alignment. We want our lives to help others get in alignment through our example. That's exactly what we want to do. But when we're misaligned ourselves, we're doing the exact opposite of that. So stay aligned with God's purposes for your life. And I do not have time to finish this last one, so we're going to have to come back to this last week. So let's go down here. So today we looked at getting back to the basics, strive to have lasting success, align your align your purpose with God's purpose. And the fourth one is God doesn't change, so we have to. God doesn't change, so we have to. We're going to look at that next week. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.